0: So yeah, we're we're now recording and so yeah, here we are. So I don't so how are we doing? I I don't know if I should just hit the theme. I'm really the theme's kind of a bit over <laughs> happy for me at the we, moment.
1: Should we not have changed the theme to something a bit more depressing? No, oh,
0: no, I think maybe going to be Go for it, sure. Hit it. the
1: cue, cue
0: the music. Oh right, okay. Well, there's not much pre pod. Chris, well, mate, okay. I'm a wee bit because there's
2: been such a demand for it. I now don't know. I, he's, got stage don't know well, he's got it. stage fight Normally, I do this, you know, disruptive, know. you <laughs> know, um, are we slurping
3: your tea? Should I, I slutter
2: the tea or a crunch of my biscuit, but I haven't got any. Well, I all I can you? see is Stuart's Empire Strikes Back, pill posters in the background, which means we can only be at our houses. <laughs> Stuart T and his Star Wars. What have dead. you got?
1: St. Andrew's, and I've got. A hard day's night,
2: yeah. It's all rock and roll, isn't
0: it? Welcome,
2: day two of the lockdown.
0: And you know what you're looking for on day four of the lockdown?
2: Knives.
0: Oh, welcome to the good podcast.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is it feeling like it's dragging like a club foot for anyone there
0: No, the podcast, no, no, I'm just thinking about the lockdown. I'm not, I, it's not that I'm ex- not excited about it you guys, it's just the whole. <laughs> well, <Were> you? <laughs> that's your position. stick, big man. That's your like you, But anyway, welcome to the Good it. Podcast. It's all a bit weird at the moment. Uh, good is a consultancy of brands in the UK. I don't <laughs> know.
2: Just what you need in these times.
0: <laughs> at the moment, I'm a guy who's living <laughs> in his house for the next three weeks <laughs> in, a ch- in a child's playroom. <laughs> that's where I'm working in a child's playroom for the next three weeks at least. But anyway, we we do a podcast uh, from time to time, and we talk about things that we like. And this is the introduction, which is not as professional as it usually is. But anyway, with me today, I have Chris and Julie. I'm going to assume you know who they are because you've listened to the other number of podcasts.
2: And I'm sure, I'm sure, our five or six other listeners that we have are desperate to start hearing some other voices. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: that, especially the two or three of the, whom are our spouses. <laughs> <laughs> do, you think, do you think most podcast listeners have a podcast creators have a listener base of more than 50% family members?
0: We've got to start somewhere. Well, We've got to start somewhere. Yeah.
1: So, what are we talking so about the today,
2: Stuart? Are we well,
0: going to talk about
2: the world of branding is faring in these
0: well, difficult times? Well, things? I think the first thing is the last Shit thing show we, is
2: probably the best yeah.
0: So, no, the last time we talked, which was last Tuesday. Thursday. No, it was Tuesday oh, was it everybody Tuesday? went home, yeah. But I think it came out Thursday. But last Tuesday, um, we'd sent everybody home. That's right. We hadn't quite heard what was going on with the Chancellor. I can't remember. It was, like, it was only a week yeah, ago. Yeah, it's been about three had, uh,
1: ago. Yeah. yeah, no, Monday. so Monday night we had the announcement that it was, if at all possible, then people should were advised to work from home. And that was when the kind of official social distancing, distancing guidelines came in and things were getting ramped up a little bit. So we sent people home after the company meeting on Tuesday with all their kit and various bits and bobs. A few of us were in the office last week, but then wrapped up on Friday. And everyone is now set up and at home on day two of lockdown, stage two.
0: Yeah. And so how are we, you know, a week on? How are we feeling? Not, the bottom hasn't fell out of everything yet, but... It's
1: a bit of a leaky ship. <laughs> so it's, it's
0: not completely
1: sank yet. No, that's not true. Uh, things have, how are we feeling? How are we? Fe- well, I think team-wise, I think we've had a couple of, we have had a couple of follow-up conversations with the team since we initially spoke to them kind of a week past Friday about there's a number of scenarios that we're planning for at the moment and we're not there yet, but we're kind of trying to be transparent and honest with our thinking on it, which I think they appreciated at that point. And there've been a number of follow-up com- you know conversations mm. subsequent to that, which have got marginally tougher and you know looking at reconciling our revenues with our overhead and all the various options and keeping abreast of what the Chancellor's been offering in the way of business support and funding support and all that kind of stuff so it's been been mental trying to work out all the numbers but I think it's you know it's a mixture it's a mixture of feeling really positive about the team because their response to all of the conversations we've had with them I would say has been fantastic actually everyone's been both personally and professionally, really supportive, I would say. And they're just kind of getting on with it, as we all are. Business-wise, it's just still really, really uncertain. I think it's still too early to tell how things are going to shape up over the next few months. So we're just doing what we can to show it up as much as we can and be as agile as we need to be to respond to it.
4: Chris, you got
0: anything to add to that? Well, I
2: just think, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's without a doubt last week was the 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 strangest, weirdest, you know, hardest, humble the most humbling week in the sixteen years of running the, the business. And things changed so quickly, you know, it was you know, it was it was a roller coaster from an emotional point of view as well. But Jules is right. I think, you know, that it's really inspiring to and rewarding to to well firstly it's really difficult to gather everyone in a I was going to say in a room, but in a virtual room, and tell them that we don't know where the work's coming from, and and we're going to have to collectively take a cut. But then it's really kind of so that's really humbling, and then it's really kind of inspiring, as Jill said, the, the way people kind of react to that. And and then on the back of that, you know, that we were, you know, at the end of the last week, we were kind of looking at some of the new business stuff, and there's some interesting things happening. So. Mm. It's weird. It's really weird and, and, and it's surreal. And then added to that, you know, last night we get the lockdown thing and it's just like bizarre. So yeah. I don't know where we are. But we are somewhere. And tomorrow we'll be somewhere else. And then the day after we'll be somewhere else again. And you get a wee bit more clarity, I think, as the days go on, hopefully. I've
0: been quite enjoying what were you. What were you? Me, it was I mean obviously I'm not as close to partially logged to a child's playroom. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the interesting thing is the the practical matter-of-fact things whereas i had a content workshop this week that i was running that normally mm. would be in a room and you can see the whites of their eyes just before they fall asleep you know and trying to keep the clients you know engaged and everything else. but then what we've done is that that session is now being split into three one-hour sessions and you're running through the the presentation but you don't have that interactivity so you're stopping at the end of every fourth slide and went and uh what do we think of that and has anybody got any thoughts because you're trying to keep people engaged mm-hmm. and pushed over and you know was it a
1: video call or was it a conference call
0: yeah well it's a it's a video call but you're showing slides you know you're kind of walking through mm-hmm. you're trying to go th- no, of stuff, course you know, yes
1: you can't really see you know, what's going and,
0: on And also, and this is a really interesting thing, the client came onto the conference call and I don't blame them, you know, because it's... But it'll be interesting to see how this changes. They came onto the conference call with all their video cameras off and it was a bit odd because some Mm. of the people I hadn't met before. And so you are... And we've had the experience of this, Julie, when you're doing pitches over conference call and you're really just Mm -hmm. talking to yourself. And as much as I (laughs) love that, um, because I (laughs) love... <laughs> you know, I so much. It's a good point about
2: the new etiquette, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, the
0: new world. And, and my etiquette wasn't right because I was nervous because I hadn't done this before over, over in this manner in a conference call. And what was quite weird was I, I wanted to say, can you just all turn on your cameras, please? But I didn't have. The, but I was so focused on making sure that the delivery of what I was trying to do was there. Didn't have
2: the balls to
0: do it. Did you? Well, I didn't have the balls. Well, I, did, I, I didn't have the balls. I didn't I have think. the balls to do the presentation, but it was fine. It was good. The client was very uh, <laughs> warm at the end of it, and there. yeah, it was good.
1: The thing is, it's hard enough with these. If you remember going well, as our I suppose as things changed and as our client base changed, when you move from when presentations changed a lot from. Face to face, sitting in a room, to then delivering presentations on conference call. At least in those situations, you still have your own team in the room, so there's still a sense of support, and that you've got you're not literally sitting by yourself in a room presenting to a telephone. You know, whereas now that's a step on from that again, with everybody in in, in their own space, it's even. Harder. It's
2: quite a big. It's quite a big sort of workplace experiment we've been placed into, hasn't it? With the mm. technology that. With teams and Hangouts and stuff, I think the tech is now. I mean, I'm sitting here; we're doing this in three locations, and we're looking at each other like we would if we were in the office. The question was going to be: Are we going to convert to this stuff? And is you know is that going to shift business working practices? I don't know. It's interesting.
0: No, no. I think we'll select, I mean, I, <laughs> good. Nice <laughs> <first>. <laughs> good.
2: Um, <laughs> but, I mean, what, what was <laughs> trying to pose something to go back to interesting to go there. back
0: to your point, Julie. Just for a second, what was really reassuring being on the the call was yesterday was that we had Lauren, Maddie, Florence, and Nikki from our team on the call, and that really did help. I mean, because it was one of my usual, we start, and especially in that kind of format on a conference call, I started and moved on. But they were really good at just being, it was just knowing that they were there was just really reassuring. And I thanked them at the end of it because they were great. And when I said, does everybody get that? It it was their four voices. I'm pretty sure they just went, yeah, but it was good. At least they were kind of feeding back. Still four voices. voices. They were really good and it was nice to have them. So that kind of sense of making sure that you did have a team there was as important as ever. So... Yes, thank you to the guys. Thanks, guys.
1: I think for maybe for a lot of businesses it will, you know, change the way that they approach their kind of work, day-to-day working practices. I think I do still feel that in our business, because so much of the energy that is involved in the creative process comes from being part of a team that are in one physical space. That I just, I think it's really hard to replace that. But that's not to say that, if you that we couldn't potentially adopt much more than we do at the moment, more of a flexible working from home, when you need to policy, we we have That's that policy really in place, point. but not many people do it really. Whereas,
2: and i am going to jump in and build it. on that point. because I'm not going to be sarcastic. I'm going to enhance it because it's interesting you say that. I was talking to Paddy earlier. I was doing a wee call round to see how people were doing, and he, and, you know, everyone was great. But Paddy made a point just just that point that you just said, which was. In the studio, in the creative space, it's really important to have people close to bounce quick stuff off mic next to them, or have a look at this. How does this look and feel? And, and without that, there's a big empty space, which is a maybe more telling for the creative team than the, the than the other teams. I don't know. So. Yeah.
1: But then, if you think about even the dynamics of the conversation that we have around the desk, you know, the conversations that I wouldn't necessarily always be a part of, are conversations that Stuart and I be ha- might be having about a project that you wouldn't, you, if it, in this in this situation where we're all in different locations, you might not necessarily go to the effort of dialing everybody in. But when you're sitting around a table, when it's a broad mm. kind of broad conversation around whatever it may be, an architecture issue, that there's there's a different there's an opportunity to get just additional conversation just by the fact that you're in sitting around a table yeah. together in the same space, which I don't. I, you do lose if you're sitting in three different locations all the time. But at the same time, I think somebody working from home for a day or a couple of days a bit more frequently than we do at the moment, it's not a big deal to dial them in on Teams, and then you think it's. I think we could probably be more, be much more flexible than than we currently are, if people need it or
2: want reason. it. Takes a big chunk out of the old carbon footprint though, doesn't it? Which is where
0: we're
1: yeah. heading. I know, oh, look at the Venice canals. Those beautiful yeah. blue canals that have got fishies back in them and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. See, the only problem we mm-hmm. have got with that is there's... <laughs> no, I'm telling right. you, there's going to be some idiot out there who says, well, one month of not doing stuff and the world's fixing itself. That, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the idiot that uses this mm. as evidence that you know, all we need to do is turn it off for six weeks and everything's better. So obviously it's a good thing, but I just go there's there he is, mm. the madman going
2: You mean an idiot yeah. that doesn't have an economic yeah. argument. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> So So the world of branding, I had some thoughts about what what had happened in the last few days.
0: Chris, what what
2: branded okay, comms? because yeah,
0: 'cause there's been a lot of <laughs>
2: I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I can stomach another email or message from an organisation that I barely know asking if I need advice or to join a webinar to work out my way through the COVID-19 challenges (laughs) from insurance companies and government agencies to even other creative agencies and TV companies and clothing companies saying, hey, do you need some help? No. No, and we were talking about this earlier, weren't we, about just there being far too much comms, people needing to fill a space and say something. when an actual fact, maybe just saying nothing is probably good enough. Discuss.
1: For me, like you say, after the first two or three, you just don't even register or read it. I think the ones that are focused around either a piece of communication they're giving you or just say, we're closing Come back when we, when when we reopen. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Super functional. Or if you you know, I think some of the banks have done it reasonably well to say, yeah. here's you know, here's what you need to know. If you've had a if you've had a reduction in salary or you've lost your job, then here's what we can do to help you with your mortgage over the next few months. And if you're a small business, here's an area you can go to. You know, that was my that was I'm with HSBC and they were quite useful. But I would agree. I think the others, the other plethora of just completely or, so or largely of, irrelevant information
5: that you don't. Uh, it's care either about them trying to
2: people. help, or do you get the other messages which are just tone deaf selling messages? I got one earlier today asking if I wanted to buy Voss water to celebrate the Dwayne Johnson partnership. I don't know about you guys, but I've been waiting for that to drop because <laughs> I can't think about anything I else. Do quite like buying. Voss Overpriced Voss. water
0: endorsed by a superhero but, but I mean that, that, you're seeing it all over for whatever reason I've been on LinkedIn a lot and it, you're seeing it all over it's it's posts which have been automatically set to go probably three weeks ago ah, and somebody's just not lined up off. so I saw one celebrating <laughs> something today and I was going really? Really, and this is where it becomes—it goes back to our very first podcast. Remember that about six years ago, and and which is the, oh, wait, yeah, days ago. Which is about the values, the brand values. Because as soon as you look at it, you're kind of going. And you said that, Julie. You the word that you pick, you said which I pick up on is useful. And is it really useful for some of these brands to be doing what they're doing? And and it just doesn't. Mm. So that we got an email from the Halifax is our mortgage, and that is a tier one brand message. That is the most useful cut yeah. through that you're getting mm. just now. And I'm going. And it was, we're not applying for it yet. We're waiting to see what happens. But we're we're kind of going. Well, we know it's there. Thank you, brand, for yeah. thinking about us. As you kind of get down the line to here is have a look at our great range of valves and you're going, are you having a laugh? are you kidding me on now? And I think we were, you know, we came off a call and it's like, actually the safest thing is to say nothing. And also, Chris, there's something that you said in that call, which I think is absolutely right. It's, there's a lot of PR that needs to be, it becomes a PR Mm. issue about the messaging that you're putting out. Does it look like you don't care? Does it look exploitative of the situation? Mm. And there's some people that can...
2: Just say nothing.
0: But there's some, there's a, a guy I know who runs an SEO agency and he put a message out on LinkedIn saying, look, I'm here to help to just look after you for a wee while. And I went fair play to you. Good, okay, and it was that short, and it was like on just drop me in line, and I'll see what I can do. Brilliant, okay, uh, and it, that was that. And I went that's pretty well, you know.
2: I watched a, I watched a web, I watched the first ten minutes of a webinar this morning and gave up. It was an hour, right? In the first ten minutes of it, it was and I'm, it was from a company. I'm not going to say who it was, but this they, they spent the first ten minutes recapping on how we got to where we are with the COVID crisis as if I need that from them. I've got that from the BBC. You know, I don't need that from you. Mm. Tell me what you're here to deliver or what your sales message is and then bugger off. So I, just, I gave up. It's it's weird how people get them. They think that they're in a different capacity. It's like think, well, think about yeah. delivering and who it's for and why you're doing it. It's the same principles in times of bloody war, famine, COVID 19. It's the same principles that apply. It doesn't matter what message you're spinning. Think about it. It's unbelievable. Anyway.
1: I agree. I think that there's no shortage of brands that feel like they have to have an opinion on mm-hmm. a global crisis that actually they don't, we're not interested in their opinion on it or their information or their view on it. It's tell me, is my insurance policy still there? Is my whatever coffee shop closed is my mortgage Ah. secure whatever it may be whatever level of message it is and then leave the opinion to the experts
2: that old thing of overestimating their the role they play in your life as a customer yeah no cheery stuff today isn't it jesus i know
0: the one thing we're not doing this week is normally at the end of the last week of the month we send out the good email but the thought of sending out an email about how to sort out brand architecture just didn't seem remotely right it just went, so we're going we to send out probably wouldn't land no, very because, well because you know, people are wondering some of the, are their business going to survive if they have a job and then they're there, so we're going to send out a little email just to say keep safe and we're here if you need us and you know, give us a call mm-hmm. but we're not going to say, but here's some here's some gold for you to kind of have a, a look at while you're sitting in a child's playroom wishing you were back at work so we're not doing it and I, I just don't think it would be right it just doesn't feel right and, it, and every every day it gets a little bit less right to seem to be doing stuff I mean even a week ago it didn't seem as it was bad, but I mean, it was, it didn't feel like this. And, you know, who knows where we're going to be in two weeks' time and it hopefully we've flattened the curve a little bit, but it's all with there. But what, what, if you, what should you do? Do you just decide that you're not going to do any more marketing or branding, or do you just, is there anything that you feel that we, sh- that we used
2: We were having a wee chat about this earlier, weren't we? I think that the advice, if there is any, I suppose, is that there's difference between long and the short stuff. So I think, now is an ideal time to, to wrestle and pick up and wrestle with that.
0: So just for those who may not know Chris, what is the long and short? Just a quick Well
2: well, very you know, the, the long term brand building activity versus shorter term, more transactional lead gen stuff. So I think now I know you just said sending an e- we shouldn't be sending out an email about brand architecture, but if there are some strategic sort of systemic Issues with brands that organizations have been pushing aside and not dealing with because there are other things to do in terms of lead gen, etc., uh, and the, the here and now. Now might be a time to pick that up and fix it and deal with it because everyone's going to be joking for position when we come out the other end and you want to be optimized and ready to go. So, tactically, it would make sense to, to, to do some. Housekeeping around those issues, if there are any. I think it's probably right to say, right now, in terms of lead gen stuff, nobody's listening. People have got other issues on their minds. So it's kind of probably, I mean, this is what we were just talking about, it's probably best to suggest radio silence <laughs> uh, unless you've got anything meaningful to say. That might sound quite harsh, but.
1: Julie? I think it's it's the it's the balance you know understanding you know we've got clients who have products that still need to launch that pipelines that they still need to generate but it's just I think what's something we have seen is the tendency to you know obviously particularly in the b2b space a lot of lead gen activity is built around key trade shows and events and I think the immediate The immediate temptation is to say, right, how do we take those live events that are no longer happening and put them online? And I think there's we've seen lots of clients looking at taking some of that content and pushing it out through webinars and the like. I think it doesn't take too much before the market gets saturated with webinars. And I think so it's what we're talking about earlier was just taking, you know, revisiting some of those objectives of that activity that was originally planned not necessarily just making the decision to spin it up online or make it put it into digital space but actually consider what what, what were the what were the what were the objectives and then revisit the brief with that in mind and potentially reshape some of the activity or put or put, hit pause don't don't do it for now and you know look to reinvest it later when or kick it off again later when things calm down a little I think it at the moment there's a lot of people that are very distracted and I think trying to create any sort of realistic noise in the market when there's so much else going on is, is ch- well it's challenging at the best of times even more so now so I think it is it's just it's getting that balance between what do you hit pause on now what do you how do you, how do you kind of still secure that pipeline that you need to from from a kind of short-term transactional point of view but also continue to invest in the longer-term brand building activity it's what Mark Ritson talks about
6: isn't
2: it so, what about you Stuart what's your what's your view from your particular
0: specialist I, I, well, digital is, focus. Well, it is kind of housekeeping, and I think it's it, it's looking at the stuff you just don't have the time. It's brand guidelines, you know. I mean, is there a way to, is it brand guidelines online? But is it trying to work out a content strategy for when you're coming out the back of this? It's all those things that you just don't have the time because you're always rushing to the deadline of that next product launch or that. next piece of tactical activity you've got a bit of breathing space to sit back and kind of go like well it was the kind of it was the conversation that we had around we're going to get out of this but how can we get out it stronger and and some Uh of that is groundwork around the basics and just taking a look at it so hopefully next week I'll be looking at the strategy stuff that Julie and I talked about in the last podcast all those bits and pieces that you're not necessarily reinventing but you're just tightening up a little bit so that you're you're ready to go from when we when we do get out of this and you're you're not then kind of trying to re-establish everything so that's the that's the the recommendation i've got until it feels there is a time where either this is the new normal because at the moment it's not even the normal normal we're still kind of going through it that we can start to talk about lead gen because we are working at home and it's three four months and we're just sitting in the middle of it but otherwise it's let's look at the things that we can improve upon so when we come out of it we're ready to go Mm. so Mm. absolutely yeah it's an interesting time interesting time well thank you both we talked to some members of the team just about how they were feeling by working from home and other stuff who are we talking
4: to i'm patrick and i'm a junior designer at good i'm
5: teresia and i'm a senior account manager
6: uh, my name's Scott, and I'm the head of backend development.
3: I'm Sarah, and I'm a creative art worker here at Good.
0: The working from home thing—how are you finding it?
4: It's all right. It's a bit of a bit of a steep learning curve. Um, getting used to working in your own house is a bit of a a different kind of skill set to learn. Um, and then, obviously, working remotely when you're part of a wider team—that's pretty challenging but it's getting there it's it's okay so so i'd say
3: it's all right it's it's challenging but i think there are positives one thing that's really nice is you know i see my cat a lot (laughs) i think what's challenging is probably just not seeing normal people and being able to go out that's just general challenges um because i think when you're kind of sat in the same room That can be quite hard. So it's kind of, it's weird because when you're in the studio, you can like just, you can go over to the kitchen or you go out the room like to, I don't know. You just have a wander and then you come back, there's the cafe downstairs, but you're kind of stuck in like, well, like my flat's just four rooms really. So it's kind of
5: strange. So in my, um, in my last job, I actually worked from home on Wednesdays and Fridays, um, and I think I'm definitely learning that I missed it. <laughs>
6: it's interesting. I'm going between having my head in my work and being completely fine to taking my head up, having a look around and just being a bit sort of shell-shocked by the whole thing. Um, I'm definitely missing the studio, that's for sure.
3: And another thing is, I feel like now that I'm working from home, I just eat so much more because I'm just like next to my kitchen and for some reason I'm just hungrier. I don't know why.
5: <laughs> um, I do also have the benefit of my setup is... In, like, a very large bay window. Um, So, I have windows on both sides of me and in front of me. And um, I just kind of don't feel very confined. So, I think that helps a lot where my desk is. But um, yeah.
6: Long-term might be a big proponent for working from home. But for the moment, it is what it is.
0: There's been a lot of chat about how the technical aspects of what we've got are helping working from home, how have you felt that that has helped on a day-to-day level?
5: Like using video, I know. Like Helen and I, even if it's just a quick two second thing, we'll we'll just jump on the video. Um, just because you know, you see expressions. You can see somebody's speaking, You can see they've paused just to take a breath, and not because they were done. And I think, especially with clients, you can just get a little bit of a better feedback from them, getting to see their face and and how they're reacting to certain things you're saying. So
4: you can sit down. You can call someone, have a video chat. But you know, turning around and for instance, when I sit and work next to Mike, if I turn around and ask him a question, you can read their facial expression there and then and, and you pick up on the kind of nuance and what they're talking just through, you know, body language and expression. So you miss that kind of side of it. And then also just the ease of, you know, shouting over to someone. Hey, what are we doing for this? Or, you know, you're not having to email or, or wait for somebody.
3: I would say like the actual workflow is fine. I think getting files has been okay. I think we've been really good with the way we've done Microsoft Teams. That's really good, and being able to see people like that. But it, it will always feel a little bit disjointed.
6: It's definitely helping. In some ways, it, it's even bringing you know, sort of our Glasgow and London studios closer together than they might be on a normal day.
4: Well, we have all this great technology access not being having local access to the server. That's something that's a wee bit a wee bit challenging when you're having to having to dig through folders of work that you can't see any previews of and hope that you're pulling out the right thing.
6: In other ways I'm finding I, I've spent the best part of ten years trying to lock down systems so that they can't be accessed from out with our studio and that's now causing some extra difficulties i would suppose
0: so with everything that's going on and it's all very well talking about working from home and how it's affecting you but how is the whole situation affecting you how is what's going on in your head how do you feel
5: i mean like everyone else just like weighed down by anxiety <laughs> um, but you know i think that's very normal in in the
6: time of corona I'm nervous. I've always been a little bit of a kind of news junkie when any downtime that's what I tend to be looking at reading and that's probably not healthy at the moment. It's it's causing me to have kind of fairly significant emotional highs and lows which I'm, sh- I'm sure lots of people are having but it's not things that I'm, I'm, I'm used to experiencing and it's It's not the most comfortable experience, that's for sure.
3: I don't really know how I feel. I think it's quite scary not really knowing if everything will go back to normal. And I feel like, I I think there'll be positives from it, but I'm not sure exactly what they will be. I'm hoping it's just a bit more like unity and community, spirit
4: us looking after each other a bit more yeah no i mean you i think most people would be lying if they said they weren't slightly worried you know there's a a whole area of uncertainty you know if this is drawn out for for a month three months five months a year 18 months you know what what happens down the line do do clients keep bringing in the work the budget's get freed up or our resources poured into some somewhere else so it's it's a, a question of yes to an extent but also but at the same time not really because to sit and worry about it is just going to eat up at me and, and i would rather just you know take it as it comes week by week day by day and if if it does turn around that you know things change then things change and i think that's how i'm kind of taking it just being quite easy on myself allowing myself not to worry about it understand it and just and just work with it and deal with it because it's ultimately we can't change it
5: Everything is uncertain, everything is uncharted, everything is new.
3: I guess we'll just see. I think it's all about just taking one step at a time and you just don't know what's going to happen next. That's the weird thing.
4: It's a global issue. It's not just an an internal issue that we have as a company. It's every single person worldwide, arguably, is sitting in the exact same boat. What happens tomorrow? What happens next week? What happens in the next month? And it's quite it's quite an interest as interesting as it can be, it's quite an interesting time to be alive in. I think. It's it's unprecedented.
5: There's definitely something powerful, I think, about going well, probably every person, you know, when we were still out walking, like every person that you walk by is probably worrying about the same thing. Either themselves or their parents or their grandparents. Like no matter what age, there's six year olds who who can understand the gravity of, oh, okay, I can't hug grandpa because you know, he might get sick in Thai. <laughs> and die, and there's—it's something unifying that we're all kind of stressed and have the same concerns. We're worried about our family. We're worried about ourselves. We're worried about our jobs. We're worried about other people, which is great too, because I think that there's a big, there's a big like, uh, I guess, bowl of empathy kind of going around. I think people are are worrying about the whole world right now.
0: Thanks to the team for spending some time with me and having a chat about the current situation it was really insightful and no doubt we'll be talking to other members of the team over the next few weeks that's it for this week's good roundup thank you for listening feel free to leave us a 3 star review in Apple Podcasts, that would be great we're not expecting any higher of 3 stars after this debacle, especially the first 20 minutes, but uh, thank you for your time we'll be back next week, take it easy